Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Praise God. Well, I guess we already did all our greetings and hellos, so uh, we'll just get into it. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your mighty power. Father, I thank you for your word, and that as your word goes forth tonight, it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you sent it to accomplish. Prosper in the thing for which you sent it, Lord. We determine tonight, by faith, that we'll leave different than the way that we came in for having been in your presence, but Father, for having heard your word. And Lord, I ask you to enlighten the eyes of every person's understanding here, Father, and work inside of them by your Holy Spirit, that they'll not just be hearers of the word, but they'll leave here doers of the word. Father, that tonight people will be launched into healing ministry, Father. Father, that they'll go out and do, they'll, tonight they'll hear things they've never heard before so they can know things they've never known before, so they can do things they've never done before, Father. Uh, we thank you for this tonight, Lord, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, let's turn to Mark 16. and We'll start there. Uh, Mark 16, famous passage, but this is a, a foundation scripture for what I want to talk about tonight. And tonight we're talking about healing ministry. Uh, we're going to start in verse 15, and if you have a red letter edition, this is Jesus speaking. Mark 16, 15. And it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs, everybody say signs, will accompany those who have believed in my name. Uh, uh, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now let me read that last part again. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Let's all say that together. Can we do that? They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, who is Jesus talking about here? Did he say these signs will follow the evangelist or these signs will follow the pastor, the apostle? No, he said these signs will follow those who believe in my name. Isn't that right? How many believers in the name do we have here tonight? Uh, so according to this Bible, according to what Jesus said, you've been called to a signs and wonders ministry. Isn't that right? Did you know that every believer is called to a signs and wonders ministry? Everybody say that means me. Now let's turn to Acts 11.24. Now that right there, it may seem like a simple thought, but I'm telling you that's revolutionary because I always heard something else growing up. I always heard, you know, you had to have an angel appear to you or there had to be some kind of special visitation or there had to be, you know, I always thought that way. And, and, uh, and it had always been told to me that way and probably the people who told me, that's how they were told, you know. But yet the whole time, the Bible always said, these signs will follow believers. Isn't that right? Every believer. Acts eleven twenty four. I had to look back again. Acts eleven twenty four. So if you're a believer, Jesus's vision, you know, we talk a lot about vision today. Jesus's vision for the church is that signs would follow every belief, that signs would follow every believer, not just a special, really holy person with signs and wonder ministry, you know, who God appeared to and angels come to his house every day and have dinner with them and you know <laughs> and jesus appeared to you in a vision no believers just regular old believers just like you and me that signs would follow believers i'm going to talk now there's two keys acts 11 24 acts 11 24 there's two keys now let me read this scripture to you the lord emphasized this to me one day when i was living in tulsa and i was driving in my car i was on my way to a bible study and uh, i just was talking to the lord and i just it was funny i just said uh you know, I haven't seen anything. I just kind of felt like I hadn't seen anything new in the word for a while. And I said, Lord, I'd just like to see something new tonight. And as I was driving, the scripture came to my mind as I was driving in the car. And it said, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. Now, they were talking about Barnabas here. And it's actually, there's other, uh, a couple other places in Acts where it talks about people in this regard. But it says, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Everybody say, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. And these are two things. Now, the Bible must have said that for a reason. That must mean that you could be full of one and not as full as the other. Isn't that right? Otherwise, it wouldn't have said it that way. It must mean that you could be totally full with one and maybe almost empty of the other. Because the, the thing of this man was that he was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Now, these two elements are... 
These two elements are key to healing ministry. Everybody say faith and the Holy Spirit. Now, most of the time, I'm going to talk tonight about faith more than the other, because most of the time, people will relegate miracle ministry, healing ministry, to special gifts and special moving of the Holy Spirit. In other words, somebody, they're going to have miracles in their life because they have a gift of healing. And I believe in gifts of healing, but yet there's two sides uh, to healing ministry. We're going to talk about that here tonight. Now, there are gifts of healing. Isn't that right? The Bible lists those in, in Corinthians. It talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of those gifts is a gift of healing. And you don't need to look far. We can look at ministries from the past and we can see people that had unique powerful Holy Spirit ministries, people like Catherine Coleman, who, you know, I can't, we can't say, well, yeah, you know, you'll have a ministry like Catherine Coleman. No, she had a very unique gifting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And there's gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's one aspect of healing. And there's movings of the Holy Spirit. But there's also just faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Isn't that right? These signs will follow those who believe. Now, what you want to be, all of us, we want to be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? We want to have both. Let's go to John 14 and 12. And this is the scripture. I learned this from Pastor Sean here. Uh, This is my platform scripture for healing ministry. He had a sign up and I said, what's that? It had Isaiah 61 right on it. Isaiah 61. He said, that's my platform scripture. I said, oh, that's the scripture you put up on the platform when you preach. (laughs) That's what I thought. But apparently it was the scripture. It's the platform scripture that his ministry is built on. Amen. And this is our platform. In other words, did you get that? There wasn't many laughs here. I thought that was funnier than the response I got from the crowd. (laughs) Platform scripture. Everybody laugh. Just go, ha, ha, ha. Good. All right. Amen. It was funny. (laughs) So John 14, 12 and 13. Everybody say this is Jesus talking. And Jesus said this, one day I was, I was in college and I was reading through my Bible. I come across this scripture. I come across what Jesus said here. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Whatever you ask in my name that I will do so that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And I was reading this scripture, and I'm sure this has happened to anybody who's studied the word. You know, it could be a scripture, maybe you've read it a hundred times, and all of a sudden you come across it, and it was like the first time you read it, and it just jumps out and hits you, and bam. I mean, the Holy Spirit has a way of doing that, because the Bible's not like a textbook. It's not something you can just, just memorize and say, oh, I got it, but it's living. The Holy Spirit is behind it. Isn't that right? And you can get something, you could read one scripture for the rest of your life and get something new out of that scripture every day. Did you know that? Because it's living. It's not just, you know, mental information that you gather. The Holy Spirit's behind it. But I was reading this scripture and it said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now, that was interesting as I read it. It said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. I always thought that it took more than that to do the works of Jesus. Now, how many know here he's not talking about carpentry? When he says the works that I do, would they do also? He's not talking about carpentry. He's talking about miracles. If you read the context of John 14, amen. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. I always thought, like I said, I always thought it was more than that. I always thought you had to have an angel appear to you. I always thought you had to have a special calling. I always thought you had to have special gifting. All those things I believe in. I believe that angels have appeared to people and commissioned them. I believe that there's special callings and special giftings. I'm not saying those things aren't true. But yet at the same time, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, would he do also. And I saw that. And I said, I I believe in Jesus. So that means I qualify. How many believe in Jesus tonight? I said, I believe in Jesus. And uh, that means I can do what he does. That means I can do the works that he did. This man, this is the scripture that started me in healing ministry. Let me tell you, it'll it'll revolutionize your life in ministry if you you just get a hold of it. And you can, every person in this place, amen. I saw that it wasn't about me, but it was about Jesus. And he said, whoever believes in him, the works that he did, would they do also? How? How is that possible? He goes on and he says how. He says, whatever you ask in my name, in verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That means Jesus is there to back up his word anytime somebody says it. Isn't that right? Jesus himself. 
You think, well, I don't have any special anointing. That's okay. Jesus has the anointing without measure. Amen. And he said, whatever you ask in his name, that he would do. Amen. And I just realized, I said, that means that any sickness or disease that I face when I go to minister to somebody, it might be greater than me, but it's not greater than Jesus. And he said, whatever I ask in his name, that he would do. And I had this, uh, this service. That I was just starting to preach a little bit at this time when I saw this scripture that my pastor would give me, you know, Wednesday night when he was out of town now and then or something or a Sunday morning or something like that. He had heard me preach my first message. And then he said, oh, you know, he started giving me some opportunities. I had this Sunday morning service and I, I preached on Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. We had an invitation for anybody who needed healing. Five people came up and one guy had a sore shoulder, limited range of movement. One, one lady had pain in her toes and stuff like that. And, you know, the other two people, I don't remember what they had, but it was nothing spectacular. But it was all things that they knew on the spot, like different pain and symptoms and things like that. Five people came forward. We prayed for those five people. I'm stepping out on this scripture. Jesus, you said that whatever I asked in your name, that you would do. And all five people testified that they were instantly healed. I'll never forget that man who had the shoulder. I mean, this look on his face, he was surprised. I was a little surprised too. That was one of the first instant miracles that I ever saw. You know, my head was surprised, but in my heart I'm saying, no, God keeps his word. I'm a believer, amen. But, you know, I was surprised. He was like, wow. He was like, yeah, it's gone. The pain's gone, you know, amen. And let me tell you this, everywhere I've gone and everywhere I've taught this, there's been people who've gotten a hold of it and they've gone out and they've seen miracles. I know Leah, right here from the church, she was out there when we taught it in Ashtabula, and she came back here, it was a Wednesday night service, and she saw somebody, she said she just kind of, something clicked, you know, when she was in that service, she said, oh, you mean I could do it? Leah, who's downstairs with the kids right now, she saw somebody leaping, le- leaping, not yet, they limping, <laughs> they needed to be leaping, they were limping in the service, and she said, she caught him in the parking lot, I think, and said, can I pray with you? Prayed for him, and instantly the limp went, and they walked. Well, how does that happen? Jesus did that, amen, because he said, whatever you ask in my name that i'll do now this is interesting here it says verse uh, 12 truly truly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also it's interesting it doesn't say he can do it says he who believes in me the works that i do he will do amen so i think the only reason that any of us aren't doing it is we just need to understand more of who jesus is and who he is in us and who what he'll do when we speak his name If we're not seeing it, that just means we don't believe in the fullness of who he is and what he could do. Amen. Because he said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do. Everybody say will do. Now, every believer is called to to reproduce the ministry of Jesus according to Jesus in this light. Isn't that right? Whosoever believes in me, the works that I do, would they do also? Like I said, everywhere we've gone, we were up in Waterville, Maine, 17-year-old girl. We, you know, we we would preach this before the outreaches, just like we're doing here. Next day, she went out on the street, girl with a uh, girl with um, uh, or a woman with uh, severe arthritis, prayed for all the pain, instantly left on the street. And she was out there uh, in Russia. I preached on this in Russia. And these guys went out on the street that what two pastors, you know, young pastors are in their 20s, ex heroin addicts. They got, got saved. They're planting churches and they're going out in their car. They pass this, they pass this guy who was hitching, hiking for a ride. He had crutches and he, they said, man, there's a target. They get him in the car. They they put him in the back seat and they start telling him about Jesus. And he says, I don't understand. And, you know, seriously, like Russians, they're serious. They're not just, you know, they really don't understand. A lot of them were raised, you know, 75 years of atheism, state funded atheism. When you talk to them about God, sometimes the concept is just, you know, it's just really it's kind of it's kind of difficult for them. Uh, So thank you for all you guys who gave tonight, because, you know, it costs a lot of money to go to Russia and, and praise God. You're a part of it. You go with us when you give. Thank you. But, you know, so this guy, they said, you know, Jesus is the healer. He wants to heal your leg. And he says, I don't understand. They said, well, we'll just show you, they said. And they prayed for him and commanded in Jesus' name. They took him to where he needed to go. He got out of the car with his crutches over his shoulder and went walking down this. Then they came across another woman somewhere later on. She was bent over like the woman, you know, older woman bent over for like the woman who's been over for 18 years with the spirit of infirmity. And uh, it it was, um, no, oh, it was a different guy. Yeah. What was his name? Roman. Roman, he comes up to her and, you know, and he prays for her and she straightens up, man, her back straightens up right on the street. She says, what else can you do for me? Older lady. We were now in Georgia. You know, we've been down there a long time. We, we did like that first meeting was a month and then we came back the next summer and we did another month. This last summer we did a week. So, I mean, we've been doing extended times and seen a lot of miracles. So they're really getting it. So there's Jason Netzler. I told some of these stories the other night. 
17 years old, 16, when we first started going there. And he started, you know, he started saying, wow, you mean I could do this? So now they're stepping out. They're getting bold. He prayed for the dog. I told the story last night. He prayed for a 22-year-old dog who hadn't walked in three years, and the dog got up and <laughs> started walking. So we always tease him about his first miracle because we said, did he go walking and barking and praising God? You know, like the man at the gate, beautiful, jumping and leaping and praising God. So he said, did he go jumping and barking and praising God? So the, this dog gets up. Well, his, the dog's owner got saved because she loved that dog. So God did it for, you know, to get her attention. God loved, loved the dog because he loved the owner. Amen. Well, then he prayed for this woman whose ankle was swollen to like two, three times the size. And he prayed for it in Jesus name until he had just two handfuls of skin when he opened up his eyes. And when he gave when he gave the testimony, he was 16, 17 years old. He said it was so gross. You know, I said, man, you had this astounding miracle happen right under your hands. And all you could say, it was so gross, you know. So then the most recent testimony, he told us this one out in Arizona. He was out on an outreach in Georgia prayed for a young girl who was stone deaf, could only communicate through sign language, prayed for her four times, and God opened up her ears and she could hear. He's he's 18 now. Just prayed for her right in front of her house on the street. God opened up her deaf ears. All because the seed was planted that I told him, Jesus said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. Do you believe that Jesus backs up his name? That means that if you can speak the name of Jesus in faith, you can bring Jesus Christ into any situation. That's what you're doing. It's not, see, if we get our eyes off of us and just get our eyes on Jesus, amen. If we'll get our eyes off of, well, am I anointed? Get our eyes just again on Jesus who said, whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do. And we don't think about, you know, am I, do I have enough faith? Am I anointed enough? But we just think about Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, whom nothing is impossible for. He made you a promise, not just me, not just Pastor Jim or Pastor Sean. He made you a promise that he said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Amen. So we always encourage people when they come up in services, you know, would you come and pray for, or would you pray for my grandmother here? Or would you pray for my father? I said, you pray for him. I'm going to pray with you here and I'll agree. But you go lay your hands on him because Jesus said believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So I find these miracle services that we have, they kind of have a twofold. One of them is just so, yeah, we could practice it and pray for the sick. But the other is so that you could watch, you know, because I've got some experience and then you could go out and kind of do what I do. Amen. But we saw it happen that way in Augusta. Pretty soon, you know, the testimony started coming back and they're like, you know, I'll tell people if I pray for them. And sometimes people say, well, I feel a little better. And I'll say, well, if God can move it a little, he can move it a lot. Amen. I'll tell people that, you know, a little better or sometimes they'll say a little better is better than a little worse. Amen. You know, hey, a little better. They say, well, I feel a little better. I said, well, that's, you know, if God could move it a little, do you believe he could move it a lot? And I'll pray for people twice, two, three times if I have time sometimes. Jesus prayed for a man twice. Did you know that? A blind man. He prayed for him and then he asked him, how you doing? He said, I see men like trees. And then Jesus ministered to him again. Isn't that right? I'll do that. You can do that. So, you know, I, I, so I'll tell people I, all the time, you know, uh, how do you feel? I feel a little better. Or I feel 50% better. Or I feel 80% better. I said, well, if God can move it a little, he can move it a lot. So now these testimonies are coming in from the outreaches off the street. I prayed for this woman at Cherry Tree, and I told her if God can move it a little, he can move it a lot. You know, and I said, well, I've heard that before somewhere. They're saying what I said. Exactly. You know, and uh, so now they've adopted my I, I mean, I didn't try to do this. They've just adopted all. And, you know, now they're getting like cocky, you know, I mean, in a good way, you know, bold and Jesus like this one, this one guy, this one guy, Jose. You know, I, I, he got a hold of it. He's a hairdresser, man. I mean, he's not, you know, I mean, he, he's just, he cuts hair for a living. And he's just starting to pray for people on his job. And he's starting to pray for people wherever he goes, you know. Uh, he, he has a, um, like a, a babysitter that watches his kids during the day while he's working, while he and his wife are out working. And so the babysitter came in one morning and she's just, oh, I got pain in my legs and I've got pain here and there. And he says, well, we're going to pray for Jesus. We're going to pray for you in Jesus name. We're going to take care of that. And he shoots before and after video. He goes, wait, I want to, you know, he's so confident. Amen. There's some boldness there. And what's going to happen? He shoots some video and show me how you're doing. And she's like, oh, you know, I feel horrible. And she's showing. And then he goes, all right, we're going to pray on his iPad. You know, he shuts it off. He prays for her again. And then now, and then, you know, you know, scene two and her face is all lit up, you know, and she's like, and she's lifting up her legs and, and they played it in the church, man. They showed the video in the church. Why? How is all this happening? Because we said, who's Jesus said? And we told them what Jesus said. Whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also? Amen. Uh, then the youth pastor, you know, he, he went out and he went and prayed for this young. This is what happened this past summer. Went out and prayed for a young girl, came to the house. She had a lump right on her chest up here. 
and uh, you know, high up on her chest. And she said, well, we're going to pray for that, and it's going to go. And, and so he prayed for her, and he said, check it. She reaches in there, and her face lights up, and she starts laughing. And her mom was there with her. She was like, I don't know, 14, young teenager. Her, her mom, she starts laughing. Her mom says, what happened? What? What? Her mom's there like, you know, wanting it. She says, it's gone. Her mom says, be serious. Be serious, she said. She said, no, it's gone. Seriously. Amen. But I'm telling you, everywhere we've gone, everywhere we've shared this, We've seen people who've said, yeah, I believe it. And they've stepped out and God has kept his word to them. Amen. And miracles have followed. Everybody says, God wants to work in my life. So this scripture, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the father. Whatever you ask in my name. That I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It says it twice. It gives us this open invitation. If you ask anything, how? In my name. Everybody say, in his name. In my name. The Bible says that he's given, us, he's given him the name that's above every other name named. Amen. Given Jesus the name above every other name named. And you'll find that the key to healing ministry that, we've, that has been a, a, a key fact that's been overlooked so much the key to healing ministry is the name of jesus jesus said these signs will follow those who believe in my name they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover it says jesus said who whatever you ask in my name the works that i do would you do also whatever you ask in my name that i will do amen isn't that right you see when jesus sent out the 12 before the day of pentecost are you hearing me tonight before pentecost jesus sent out his 12 disciples And he sent them to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. Did you ever read that? He said, whatever city you enter into, heal the sick therein. Before they were even filled with the Holy Spirit. And then then he sent out the 70 with with the same command. He said, wherever you go, heal the sick. That's awesome. It was just a flat, open command. Not just pick a few. Not maybe there'll be a handful, you know, just to give people an idea of my messianic credentials. No, he said, wherever you go, heal the sick. And then the 70 came back and what did they say? They say, we're excited. The 70 came back from that commission and they said, uh, Master, even the demons are, uh, Luke 9, Master, even the demons are subject unto us, what? In your name. What did he give them that had the power to heal the sick, cleanse the leper and raise the dead? The name of Jesus. They came back and they said, Master, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Luke chapter 9. And then Jesus went on to say, or is it 10? Then Jesus went on to say, uh, nine or ten <laughs> jesus went on to say right in there read both it'll be a blessing to you so then jesus came back right there and he said uh he said yes he said i saw satan fall like like thunder you know i saw satan fall he said behold i've given you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy what is that authority in where is the authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy how did he give them that authority he gave them that authority in the name of jesus everybody say in the name This is the wonderful thing about the name of Jesus. It's no more powerful on your lips than it is on, you know, Smith Wigglesworth's lips or Benny Hinn's lips or Catherine Coleman's lips. The name of Jesus has the same power when you say it as any other human being. Isn't that right? Because the power is not in you. The power is in Jesus who's behind the name. And he's promised you that whatever you command in his name that he would do. Amen. Now we see Peter at the gate beautiful. He comes, and this is a notable miracle. He comes to the gate beautiful, and there's a man there, 38 years of age. He had never walked in his entire life. And Peter, you know, he's begging for money. He's he's silver and gold. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Isn't that right? Such as I have, give I thee. Peter knew he had something to give him. Such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Isn't that what he said? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then, then, you know, power went into that man. He went walking and leaping and praising God like the dog who went jumping and barking and praising God. This man went walking and leaping and praising God. And then Peter, in the next chapter, in the book of Acts, in the next chapter, he gives the reason how that happened, or he gives the explanation of how that happened. And what did he say? Have you ever read it? He said it was the name and faith in the name that has made this man whole in the presence of you all. 
There's a lot of things he could have said there. He could have said, it's because I was an apostle. He could have said it was because I was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He could have said, it's because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. All these things are good. We need all these things. Isn't that right? But what did Peter say was the key to this man who'd never walked in his entire life? Walking that day, he said it was the name and faith in the name that has made this man whole in the presence of you all. Everybody say the name of Jesus produces miracles. Thank God, this is the key. The name of Jesus, hallelujah. The name above every other name named. At the name of Jesus, it's impossible for sickness and disease not to respond because he backs that name, isn't that right? And he'll do it for you. Let's turn to Romans 12. Now the good thing, here's the difference and why I spend more time on on. Uh, on teaching on faith in the name of Jesus than I, when, it talk, when I talk to people about healing ministry than I do on the gifts of the Spirit because this is something I could guarantee anybody that, that is a believer that if you believe in Jesus' name the works that he did you'll do also because Jesus promised it first isn't that right? These signs will follow those who believe. I could promise that to you based on the word of God. Just as sure as I could promise if somebody comes up tonight calls on the name of Jesus for salvation God will save them. We believe that by the word of God isn't that right? And I could promise you, if you'll step out in faith on the name of Jesus, signs and wonders will follow you. I could promise you that tonight, based on the word of God. Now, I can't promise you a special Holy Spirit, you know, like ministry of, of a gift of healing. We desire those things, don't we? Bible commands us to do so. Bible says desire spiritual gifts. We desire them. And I don't believe God would call us to desire anything that he doesn't want to give us. You know, there's some things God told us not to desire. Covet not thy neighbor's wife. Covet not thy neighbor's ass. You know, all those things. But there's some things he told us to covet. Covet earnestly spiritual gifts. Isn't that right? Amen. Isn't that right? So I don't believe God told us to desire anything he doesn't want us to have. He told us to desire spiritual gifts because he wants us to have them. Listen, you know, what we're talking about tonight, I could teach uh, like a month on. That's why I'm, we want to start a school. You know, we're just trying to hit one aspect. That's why we're talking about the name of Jesus tonight. But we could talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We could talk about, uh, you know, gifts of healing, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and all those kind of things. Tonight we're talking about faith in the name of Jesus that works for every believer every time. Amen? Now, you know, our, Sean and I went to the same Bible school. We had the, the men or, uh, at the Bible school whose name was Kenneth E. Hagan. And he said something. He said, Faith in the name of Jesus will always produce the same results as the gifts of the Spirit. Faith in the name of Jesus will produce the same results as the gifts of the Spirit. Well, you can see that at the gate. Beautiful. Some people would think this man getting up and walking. Well, surely that had to be some special move of the Holy Ghost. That had to be because of, you know, Peter's apostolic anointing. That had to be because Peter was one of the apostles of the Lamb, man. He was one of the twelve. Well, Peter didn't think so. Peter was there in John 14, 12, when Jesus said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. Whatever you ask in my name. Uh, perhaps I've heard that a more proper translation of that scripture is whatever you command in my name that I'll do. Well, that fits with what, how we see the apostles put this into practice because Peter didn't really say, God, do something about this man. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Jesus backed it up, didn't he? And Peter didn't say, well, you know, it was because uh, it was because of my apostolic anointing. It was because of, you know, my, the time I spent with Jesus. He said it was the name and faith in the name that made this man whole in the presence of you all. I think we ought to believe Peter's definition before anybody else. He's the one who did it. Amen. You know, people have said a lot of things about why Peter was able to do that. But why don't we just listen to Peter? He's the one who did it. Amen. He said it was the name and faith in the name that made this man whole in the presence of you all. Simple faith produces big miracles. Everybody safe. Simple faith produces big miracles. And, you know, this man walking, that's impressive. 38 years, you know, I mean, hadn't walked. He walked. Peter says it was faith, the name and faith in the name that made that man whole in the presence of you all. Now, we were going to Romans 12. Let me tell a couple more things before we go there. Uh, simple, simple faith produces big miracles. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Jesus says, Whosoever would say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and will not doubt in their heart, but believe that those things which they sayeth shall come to pass, they shall have whatsoever they sayeth. Amen? Whosoever should say unto a mountain. How many think a mountain moving is a big miracle? Right? Amen. My hand's up. That's a big miracle. Probably bigger than anything anybody needs here tonight, you know, to have a mountain move. That's a big miracle. And Jesus didn't say in order to have a mountain move. I mean, that's a nature miracle. You know, that's like, you know, it's like manipulation of matter miracle. And, then, you know, a mountain and, and big matter, not small matter, not, you know, not, not even like a, you know, big matter. 
Jesus said, whosoever should say and not doubt. So whoever just basically simple faith can move mountains. And he was talking literally. He wasn't talking like metaphorically because he just cursed a tree right before he talked about the mountain. So he wasn't talking like, you know, if you have a problem as big as a mountain. No, he's saying you could move mountains. Amen. Because he just cursed a tree. I said, you know, the disciples are like, Jesus, how'd you do that to the tree? He said, yeah, you could do what was done to the tree. You could also say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast. And what did he say the key to that was? He said, yeah, you could even make this mountain move. If you have an angel appear to you, if you're specially anointed, if you have a visitation, if you're, well, you know, because you were one of the 12 apostles, you can expect these things also. No, he said, if you believe and don't doubt, you could even move mountains. Now, folks, I'm telling you, this will revolutionize your life and ministry, won't it? Hallelujah. Everybody say, I've got a ministry. Say, I've got a miracle ministry. I've got a signs and wonders ministry. Jesus gave it to me. It's true, isn't it? And we've got to learn some things about that. We've got to put it into effect. You know? You'll be places that I'll never go. Pastor Sean and Pastor Jim will never go. You'll be in hospital rooms I'll never go to. And these things are good things to know at that time. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I might not be there, but I'll tell you what, if you're a believer, Jesus will be there. And he said, he'd never leave you nor forsake. And he said, whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do. But then if you start find, you, know, you start getting a hold of this, you'll see it's not just for emergencies. When the kids are sick at night, man, I'm telling you, like those Russian friends, you'll start looking for opportunities. Amen. You see a crutch, you see, you see a limp like Leah when she got back to church. She saw that limp. She said, hey, wait, 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 wait. It's an opportunity. Amen. To prove God. Shelby. Oh, Shelby. So there's this 14-year-old girl, right? She's down there in Augusta, Georgia. She says, I'm getting somebody out of a wheelchair this summer. That was her goal for the summer. That's pretty good for a 14-year-old, isn't it? Because, you know, there's been this atmosphere, and it's getting in her heart, you know. Whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, they do also. Yeah, she says, I'm getting somebody out of a wheelchair this summer. Well, that's, you know, that's probably unlike a lot of 14-year-old goals, you know. I'm going to have 500 friends on Facebook. No, she says, I'm getting somebody out of a wheelchair. Amen. So she sees this, this uh, guy in a wheelchair and she goes running over to him. You know, I mean, her and her partner that they're out witnessing goes, you know, she sees the target. Oh man, here's my chance. Goes running over. This guy had a neurological condition. He was unable to walk. He was able to get himself up and like balance himself on a counter or something like that. You know, he was able to like just stand, but he couldn't walk. So she says, yeah, well, you know, she says, shares the gospel with him. Can I pray with you about anything today? How about, you know, what's going on with your body? Somehow, however the conversation went, the guy says she could pray for him. You got to get somebody to let you pray for him. Amen. <laughs> Most times. But anyway, uh, so she, he's there. And so she says, come on, stand up. Gets him up, takes him by the hands. 14-year-old girl. And then he starts walking. She starts walking with him. Take steps, man. First time since he's had this condition. Hallelujah. 14 years old. You say, how can a 14-year-old do that? A 14-year-old can't do that. But Jesus can do that. Amen. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So then this guy, Charlie, gets born again. He's 16 down there in Georgia. And he, uh, he was an atheist, and he gets born again. When we did our meetings last summer, he had been born again for a week and a half, or this past summer, just this past summer. He had been born again for a week and a half. So this is the only Christianity he knows, is that, you know, whosoever believes in Jesus, the works that he did, could they do also? Because he was born into this, you know, like born again into this, 16 years old. So he goes out. And he sees this woman in a wheelchair. She'd been brutally attacked, and she was paralyzed from the waist down. Gets her up out of the chair, says, let's walk. She takes steps. Amen. Starts walking in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he worked miracles on the shores of Galilee, he still works miracles today. Now, these things happened, praise God. How does it happen? Because Jesus said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. Everybody say, I can do it. Because Jesus does it through us. This is the ministry of the believer, praise God. Yeah. Okay, yes, thank you, all right. Well, I better tell it now or I'll forget. Like we said, we're going to go out. And, you know, the reason why we're teaching on these things is because when you, when you go out there, yeah, can I pray with you about anything? And then we'll ask people specifically, is there anything physically wrong, something going on in your body? And then you just pray for them, you just step out. And then you always ask them, you know, well, check, see what, you know, what was going on before and check and see how you're doing now. So they, because otherwise, how would you know? We, we told this to these couples uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, you know, we'll check and you tell people to check and see how it's going so you could get the testimony, see what God's doing. And they, you know, they were so used to just, you know, not that they just prayed and said, praise God, you know, and they're on their way down the, the driveway from the guy's house. And he says, hey, hey, I could move my arm. He's telling me, <laughs> I mean, they're walking away. You know, he says, hey, I can move my arm. My arm's healed. You know, they were, what, what, what? <laughs> they're, they're surprised even about what happened, praise God. 
But you give God something to work with and you'll find out. Hallelujah. Now, the woman who puked. So I'm talking about, we're talking about, you know, going out on outreach or thought she was going to puke. You know, so come out because if you just go out, I heard one minister say, he said, you know, I started seeing a lot more miracles after I started praying for the sick than I did before. And there's something. <laughs> you'll, you'll see a lot more people healed and a lot more people saved after you start sharing the gospel with people and after you start praying for people than you did before you started sharing the gospel with people and before you started praying for the It's a growing thing. I'll tell you the truth. So there was this girl, you know, she's stirred up and stuff, but she's terrified, a woman. She's terrified about going out. And she said, I got there, you know, that first day, she said, I felt all day like I was going to throw up. My, stir- my stomach was turning, thinking I'm going to go out and do this. But, you know, at the end of the day, she was like, it was awesome. She led, I don't know, two, three people to the Lord that first day. She said, I'm going out. To-. She came out the next day, and now she's volunteering in homeless shelters and sharing the gospel there. It changed her life. So, like we said, you know, we're, we don't, I really, you know, I try to say, you know, I don't want to make people think that it's, mandatory or we don't try to pressure people i know there's people who will never do it and that's all right god will still love you i'm not i don't go that route like you ought to be doing this or you know you ought to be telling people or you're just how how can you call yourself a christian if you don't go out but i'm telling you miracles are waiting for you out there miracles that you'll never see at home by yourself and i think you'll like it i'm not i'm not i don't send people out to you know to be beat up and you know spit on and i send people out because i know god's out there waiting on you and you're going to have miracles that change your life and you'll come back with testimonies and you'll never be the same i just that's not my route you know i don't well go out there and just do it because you ought to no i'm telling you really try it taste and see that the lord is good i think you'll like i have a friend in ashtabula she's a school teacher she goes out every tuesday uh in the summer when she's not teaching school by herself and uh with a cooler of waters and she pulls this cooler behind her and she hands out these waters and she shares the gospel with people. She gets people saved. It's just her hobby. And she says, I just, I said, it's awesome what you do. You know, I have two friends who do that. I have a friend who goes out on Tuesday nights and he goes out after work just by himself in Erie, Pennsylvania. And he'll go out and share the gospel with people in blizzards and all through the year in January, he goes out on the streets, has amazing testimonies. And I said, I think it's amazing what you do. I told this girl, Sherry, she says, I just like it. She says, I just like it. I just like to do it. It's not like, so I'm not, I never take the angle. This is something you have to do. I'm saying, man, this is something that you would like doing. Praise God. That's how all the things got, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And I think that the things of God should be like that. Listen, working with God and seeing miracles is fun. Uh, praise God. It's fun. There's a lot of things that we could say more, but healing ministry, even if you can't make it on the outreaches, you know, this guy, Jose, I talked about who does the before and after. I don't think he's been on one outreach. But he just started to look into his people that he works with and people in his life. And he started to get people saved. And that Bobby, Bobby Zimmerman, uh, this one guy, he, he led this guy, they have this video. He led this guy to the Lord that cut the grass at his salon. He cut the grass at his salon. He led him to the Lord. A uh, teenage guy, did you see that? A couple days later, he was killed in a head-on collision in, 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 uh, in that city. He led him to the Lord and he got him on video. You know, Jose with his iPad getting everything on video. Got him on video and this guy saying, man, I feel so light. God's done something for me. You know, I've got, he got born again. Two days later or the next day, it was one or two days later, he got killed in a head-on collision, man. He stepped into eternity. But he just looked for an opportunity and he shared the gospel. But even, like I said, even if you'll just start to look around in your world and opportunities around you, next time you see somebody who's at work and they're like, man, my neck hurts, man. It's just been bothering me all day. It's an opportunity. You say, well, I can pray for that. Jesus, you know, did you ever hear Jesus walk the shores of Galilee and he healed the sick, opened blind eyes, opened deaf ears? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he still does that today. Can I pray for you? Yeah, sure. I, you know, there's this one guy, 23 years old. I heard this testimony. This happened in California. He was in a checkout line at like a Walmart or something like that. And he noticed that the... Um, that the uh, his his uh, I saw this video online. He noticed that his checkout lady had hearing aids in, and he said, "Can I pray for your ears?" And she was like, "Well, yeah, sure." And she thought he meant at home. A lot of times people think that, you know. Well, can I pray for you? Yeah, pray for me. You know, light a candle for me. Praise God. You know, but yeah, you know, she thought he meant at home, but she meant right there. And and uh, so he said, "Oh," and she said, "All right." So he prayed for her. God opened up her ears. She's crying and stuff, and you know. Then the manager comes over and said, what's going on over here? You know, this woman's crying and everything. Uh, God opened up her ears and he said, can I use your intercom for a minute? You know, can I use the intercom over for the whole store? And the manager, you know, seeing this miracle was somehow persuaded. Let him use the intercom. He starts calling out words of knowledge. 23 years old. He's not even a minister, you know. So he starts calling out words of knowledge from the store. He's like, there's somebody here who has, you know, carpal tunnel. Come to aisle 10. You know, God's working miracles here. Or or check out line 10. Seriously. And the guy comes and, you know, somebody and, you know, different things. He starts. Calling things out over the intercom happened in his store. 
Why not, right? Isn't that right? Doesn't that sound like God? Doesn't that sound like something God would do? Sounds a little bit like the book of Acts, doesn't it? Why not? We've got to think more like this. Now, Romans 12, Romans 12 and 2. Now, you got some new information tonight. You've probably found out some people, maybe this is the first time you've heard some of these things that Jesus said about you and, and his vision for your ministry and, and what he wants to do in your life. So now we look at Romans 12, 2, and it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Now, this is something I like about this scripture. One is that we're not just supposed to know what the will of God is. We're supposed to prove what the will of God is. Isn't that right? I love that. Well, how do you do that? By not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you start to change. You see, why did Jose film, you know, that before shot? Because there was some renewing that happened in his mind in this atmosphere and culture of miracles. That he's expecting something to happen when he prays for this woman to the point that he's filming her before he even prays because he's expecting Jesus to do something in that situation. Amen. You've got to change your expectation. You act different when you expect something to happen. Isn't that right? That's why I tell people, ask uh, what's going on with, with people. And those people down, they really didn't expect anything to happen that much. That's why they didn't ask. And they're walking down the driveway and the guy's chasing them down. Hey, I can move my arm. God healed my arm. So you let the word change your expectation of what happens. Amen. Do not be conformed to the course of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Read what the word says about the situation. Jesus said believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I was at a birthday party. A girl, I, I was there. A girl was there who had not a meeting, not a, you know, I was at a birthday party with some friends. I was really the only Christian of our like brand there. The closest thing to <laughs> the closest thing next was a Catholic. And then there was Muslims and atheists after that. That was as close as it got, was a Catholic, you know, to our, you know, stripe of Christianity, you know. So, but I went to the Cleveland Institute of Art for college. And now there's this girl there who, she went to the Cleveland Institute of Art also, this woman. And we were talking. She was a little older than me. She was there before I was. But we had a lot of the same teachers and stuff, instructors, professors. So we're talking about it and having a good time. Well, she, you know, her hair was real short. She just got out of chemotherapy. The doctors weren't giving her a good outlook. And uh, I'm leaving the party, but I'm, we're getting in the car after, you know, we, I talked with her for a long time. We're getting in the car. Jocelyn's in the car. The kids are in the car. And I'm standing out behind the car. And she's, Jocelyn comes out. She's like, well, are you getting in or what? And I'm like, I can't. I'm thinking to myself, I just can't leave without praying for this woman I was talking to. I didn't pray for her. I'm thinking, knowing what I know, I got to pray for her. I talked to her brother, who was actually having the, the birthday party for his kids. And I said, Can I, do you think her sister would mind if I prayed for her? He said, I don't know. I'll ask. So she comes over. She doesn't just come over by herself, but she comes over with the whole rest of the birthday party and they make a circle around me. You know, it's like, you know, they're all there. Everybody from the 30, 40 people from the birthday party. Yeah. And they make, you know, it's like, you know, you know, like they make a circle all around, and they're all, but they're not happy. They're all looking like, what are you going to do to our sister, our daughter, our, you know, cousin and stuff. And they're, they're all standing around, you know, in fact, you know, his mom, his Catholic mom was like, watch out for those born again. She said us, meaning us, watch out, you know, so they're all standing around us. And I said, hey, is it all right if I pray with you? Um, you know, I said, we see, this is what we do. We see people healed all the time. I believe, you know, God wants to help you. She says, I'll try anything, she says. She says, what do you want me to do? And I always laugh at that because I'm thinking, I could have told her anything, man. <laughs> she would have done it. She said, I'll try anything. What do you want me to do? Well, how many push-ups can you do, you know? <laughs> I think they were expecting something a little more dramatic, you know, like give me a bottle of tequila, for crow, crow's feet, a deck of playing cards, and I have newt, and, you know. I mean, she had no idea, man. She's totally unchurched. She's like, what do you want me to do? She's thinking, you know, we're going to, you know, summon something up and, you know, stir the cauldron kind of deal. I said, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder, and I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. That's as dramatic as it gets. I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder and pray in the name of Jesus, and I did. I just said, in Jesus' name, I just command this disease to die. Command her to be healed from the tip of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What name? Jesus' name. I said, all right. Praise God, you know, and went on my way. Got in the car, and then I'm sitting in my car, driving back to my house, and I just talking to the Lord, and I said, Father, I'm holding you to your word. You said believers will lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. So then, now the main concentration was in her hip, and she hadn't slept through the night in like, um, I don't know, months. It was a long time. So I get a call the next day. She says, the pain's gone. I slept through the night last night. So that's notable. Amen. So then things go on to where she goes back to the doctor. They say it's in remission. Next report I get, you know, she asked Paul, her brother, for, for my address. She wanted to write me a letter. She's in kickboxing. 
Well, how many you know you don't do kickboxing when the main concentration's in your hip? You know, she's in kickboxing. The doctor said it's in remission. She noticed the difference. She said God, you know, she knew that, that it happened in connection with the name of Jesus. But you've got to renew your mind now because I gave you this information. The course of this world says you're going to lay hands on people and nothing's going to happen. And that's what the devil's going to tell you too. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. But you've got to renew your mind with what Jesus said. You've got to make a decision that you're going to believe him above anything else that you've ever heard, seen, or done. And that's how you're going to get results. That you say, this is what God said and this is what I believe. That's how you renew your mind. And then next thing you know, you're busting out the video camera before you even pray for somebody because you're, let, because you're letting the word of God renew your mind. Now, maybe you're not there today. It's not a destination. I'm not there. You understand me? It's not a destination. It's not like, well, I've arrived. Here you are. No, it's, it's a growing thing. See, that's the nice thing about faith is you grow in faith. The Bible says he takes us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Faith can increase. And wherever you are today, you know, as you leave this place, if we were to have this meeting again in a week, you can be further than you were today. Amen. If we came back next year, you could be like, boy, I hardly believe where I was before. You know what I'm saying? Faith grows. Well, you know, Peter's faith grew. We see it in the word. The first encounter, real miracle encounter he has with Jesus. He's out there fishing. He fished all night. Luke 5. We use it as our foundation for evangelism. He fished all night, caught nothing. He said, but nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down my nets for the catch. He lets down his nets. He, catch so, he catches so many fish that the nets are breaking, the boat's sinking, right? It's a miracle. Peter falls on his knees and he says, man, God did this. That was a miracle, praise God. Now, the next time we see, you know, we see some time go by, Jesus spending some time with Peter and Peter spending some time with Jesus. And this is the key to growing in faith is spending time in the word. Jesus is the word. Amen. And you, that you renew your mind with the word and you look at what Jesus did. What was the outcome when Jesus prayed for the sick? Well, he said that would be your outcome too because he said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. Isn't that right? And you let that renew your mind. Now, so we see Peter spend some time with Jesus and then now next time he's out in a boat, he sees Jesus walking on the water. And then you know, Peter sees Jesus walking on the water and he says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And then Peter acts on the words of Jesus and he steps out and he walks on water. Does anybody see growth there? Now, come on. I mean, you, know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. It takes more faith to get out and walk on water than just to throw your nets out and believe something's going to happen. And I see something else. I see the first time Jesus is the initiator. Jesus says, now, Peter, uh, cast out your nets into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. And, and G- Peter says, well, I've labored and told all night long. Nevertheless, at thy word. But Jesus initiated, didn't he? Now, later on, Peter's the initiator. Man, Peter's looking for a miracle. He says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. Give me the word. I want." He, he's looking for a miracle, isn't he? That's some growth, isn't it? But he say, I can grow in faith. Peter grew in faith. He didn't start off at the gate beautiful, saying, rise up and walk. But he got there, amen? And so if you'll just start, if you'll just, you know, I'm telling you, if you'll just start and and give God something to work with, you'll see. You'll have results. I I promise you'll have results. Jesus promised you'd have results. If you come up against a hard case, like we all do, and you come up against something. See, now, this is something, I don't know if you know this about the word of God or not, or we'll close with this. Uh, You don't try the word of God. You don't try it. You don't, let's see if this works. You settle that you believe the word of God first and you say, he said it, it's pretty clear here. He said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. And you just decide that you believe the Bible. In other words, you don't you know, wait to see how the circumstances you know, turn out and then write the Bible to fit the circumstances. <laughs> you take a stand on the word of God and believe that God's power is going to make the circumstances match the Bible. And you say, okay, this is what God says. So we're not trying the word. We're not going to say, well, yeah. You know, Jeremy said that. Let's see if this works. No, Jesus said that. You determine, I believe Jesus and I trust him to make good what he said in my life. And then if you come up against a hard case, if you come up and say, man, you will. And you come up against the case. I, I've come up against cases. And you come up against something. And man, I really thought that was you know, going to come out different than it did. And, and that, well, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So you don't try to figure it out and you don't rewrite the Bible just because it didn't because you don't understand what happened there. Maybe you're not at the level to know what happened there, how to figure it out, how to unlock that particular case. But you can't rewrite scripture to fit a difficult case. Now, I taught in a place called healing school. This one ministry had a healing school where we dealt with the, the hardest cases. I mean, it was strictly a ministry for healing and people literally it was a worldwide ministry. And people came from all over the world who were in serious shape because they needed healing in their body. And we'd work with these people. I remember one week I taught there, I was 23 years old. This woman came from Spain. 
uh, and she was dying of AIDS. And she came from, took her vacation and came from Spain. And man, I was the only minister that she was going to hear that week. That was intimidating for me, 23 years old. I mean, that, for me, but that's when you put your trust in Jesus. But we're at this place, and the director of this ministry, he said, uh, there's two things that this place will do to you, either one or the other, he said. Before I started teaching there, before I started working there, he said, it, you'll, he said or there's two ways you'll respond to the place, rather. That's how he said it. You'll either change your doctrine to fit the circumstances or you'll stick with the Bible until you change the circumstances. Does that help anybody? In other words, you'll, you'll, you'll say, you'll come up against cases, I'm telling you, and you'll say, man, I don't know what, what happens here. You know, I, I don't know what happened here, but, the, but you just said, I settled it. The word of God is still true. Now, I say that, but I'm not saying that to say, you know, listen, I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to set you up to expect failure. Because you'll see miracles. Man, we see miracles. I, I, you, you know, whatever particular stripe of miracle you want to, you know, blind eyes, deaf ears, lame legs, raised off deathbeds. I've seen it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I've seen people who I've taught do like, you know, this 18 year old guy. He was somebody who I taught just like this. Prayed for a young girl, stone deaf, right out on the street. God opened up her ear. So at the same time, I'm saying you don't expect, well, maybe this one will work. Maybe it won't. You expect it to work every time. And if, everybody say if, if you come up against a hard case and you say, well, I don't know what happened there, just write it off as, you know, I'll know more next time. And, you know, really the bottom line, I think, to all of it really is more faith in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, and we just need to understand more who he is and more what he can do through us. I mean, that's really what happened with Peter. He just grew in faith in the words of Jesus, didn't he? Because he saw that first time. I know I could go all night. I'm going to stop, I promise. He said the first time, cast out your nets into the deep. And Peter saw, boy, when Jesus says something, it worked. So that's when he saw Jesus that time when he's walking on water. He says, Master, bid me come unto you on the water. He's saying, give me the word. If you just say it, I know that it's going to work. I could walk on water. So what did he grow in? He grew in faith in who Jesus was and what he... And that's what we all need to go. And I think that's always the main key to more results and, and, and better results. I'm seeing more results now than I've ever seen before. Uh, there's a, on, you know, we're on Facebook, uh, Jeremy Gall Ministries. We've got a group page on Facebook. Join it, you know, and it, we've got a healing line on there. And you can't really tell what's going on because, you know, it's filmed. It's 20 minutes. It happened down in Georgia just a couple weeks ago. 20 minute long. We pray for all these people. And I'm telling you, every single person testified, any, every single person that had symptoms in their body testified that they were gone. You know, if, there, if it was something that they could tell, not like, a, not like a blood test would need to confirm it or something, but every f- single person that had systems testified that they were gone. Those testimonies included a woman who had a torn rotator cu- cuff who hadn't make, made a fist in two years, made a fist for the first time in two years as we ministered to her. A woman who had a pupil problem and they stayed open and she saw white spots in front of her eyes. Her eyes were made right, the spots left, amen. Another woman who had... Um, Several people who had back spasms, and pro- you know, one had just been to the doctor, been diagnosed with what was going on in her back with back spasms. She'd have them for the rest of her life. Uh, she had them right there when she got up in the healing line, did the command of the name of Jesus. They stopped right there on the spot. Amen. And we saw all these things, you know, in every person. I'm, see- I'm telling you, you know, it's, I've seen more now than I've ever seen before, but I, I'm, I'm still, I know there's more. Amen. There's more room for growth. There's always more. Jesus, and Jesus is our standard for healing ministry. Is this helping anybody? Jesus is our standard for healing ministry. What did Jesus do? He went about and healed every person, every time of everything. Every person, every time of everything. It says 24 times in the, in the book of, uh, in the New Testament in Acts, it says he healed them all 24 times. Uh, Acts 10, 38 says he went about doing good and healing all. Everybody say all. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So I believe that when Jesus said we do what he did, he wasn't just talking about the quality of what he did. He was talking about the number, quantity and quality. Amen. Well, you said, well, how could that be? That can't be. Yeah, the world tells us that can't be. But if Jesus is the one doing it, we're still counting on his power anyways. It's still Jesus. It's not you or me. Shouldn't it look like it always looked when Jesus did it? He said, whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do. Praise God. Amen. Let's close in prayer tonight. Let's pray for the people that we've invited.